guess I'd be a hero With sword and armor clashing Looking semi-dashing A shield within my grip Or else I'd be a viking And live a life of daring While smelling like a herring Upon a viking ship I'd sail away, I'd see the world I'd reach the darkest reaches I'd feel the wind, I'd taste the salt and sea, and maybe storm some beaches. That's who I'd be. That's who I'd be. Hey, you, you, Empress K, Barely Blingo, Jade Dragon, I see y'all over in Discord, and hello to Twitch. Hello to Twitch, Swan Song, Dahlia, Muffin Man. Hello. Hello, wonderful people. How are you doing this week? I realized, so yesterday got pretty wonky. Uh, and uh, everybody, yeah, y'all let me know how it looks right now. Because on my end, it looks uh, pretty bad. Now, it's improving. Uh, my my frame rate loss has gone from, 40, or gone from 30 up to 56. And now it's on its way back down, it looks like. But uh, with all that said, you know, work with me here. Let me know. Let me know how it's going. Uh, yeah, it looks like my upload speed has gotten a nerf, which is pretty unkind, all told. Uh, let me bounce over. Yeah, looking like garbage over on the Percy Jackson front. Uh, or over, <laughs> over on the Discord front. Let me see. I mean, my, my whole internet looks like it just got nerfed. Uh, so it looks like I gotta get back into that. Got to get back into that habit of, yeah, and my, my frame drop is going back up. Oh, boy. Let's see. Uh, Jade, how does it sound right now? I'm, I'm in Discord. I'm in Twitch. How are things looking? How are they sounding? Do I sound like a robot? It sounds okay, Jade? Now, Jade, does that mean it sounds like I can I can I can put together what you're saying or does it actually sound decent? I should, here, no, let's start from this position. Does it sound great? Does it sound great? Does it sound like usual? Jade, that's my question. <laughs> it sounds good enough, says Jade. Okay. All right. You do not sound like a robot, but you do not sound great, says Barely Blingo. Sound like I'm gargling. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Well, it sounds like I'm gargling intermittently. All right. Copy that. Um, hey, Discord. Um, thank you for the thank you for the report. Uh, Yu Yu says, sorry, Sam. I'd like to say, but I'm in the middle of my first job. Happy hour ever. Okay, Yu Yu. Well, uh, in that case, I will say congratulations and good luck. Uh, fantastic. It, either that means you are working a happy hour or it means you went with some coworkers to a happy hour. Either way, I guess I would say good luck. Um, but, uh, yeah, over on the Twitch side of things, it sounds like I'm freezing up. Um, can you hear me okay? Is it just the video? Because I remember we used to have that issue. It would be just the video that would freeze up. Uh, or is it the whole thing? And I shall put that in chat as well.
Dolly says, I'm on audio only. It keeps cutting in and out for me. Okay, that is, that is no good at all. Uh, well, folks, um, in that case, this might be a no stream night. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be happy about that. I'm going to tell you all that right now. I'm not going to be happy about it. We were on, we were on kind of a tight schedule. Frankly, we're not on as tight a schedule on this one as we were on, um, as we are on Alice in Wonderland on Tuesdays, but we're not in a... We're not in a great scheduling spot with this. Hmm. Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser, as they say. Okay, gang. Uh, I tell you what. I am going to bounce back to my other screen. I'm going to put this in type as well. Uh, Jade, thank you very, very much. Um, let's see. Uh... Um, don't forget, everyone, if it's terrible here, uh, head to Discord. Uh, Discord. All right, there we go. That's the that's the one Discord code that I can rattle off, off off the top of my head. I don't know why I remember that one. It's well, actually, you know what? I'll be honest, I do, and you know, we're not we're not making any progress here right now, anyway. So I might as well tell you the story of why I can remember that particular Discord code. It's not a long one, but of course, the the code itself is capital E T C C lowercase Z M A, and I remember it because uh, there's a vine. <laughs> There's a vine of a little kid talking to, like, his brother or his uncle or something. Um, and uh, I believe this is the phonetic spelling of, You got Edsma? <laughs> you got Edsma? He's asking if he's got eczema, but <laughs> it's just this little kid and the... It was an old vine, you know, pre-TikTok pre, uh, pre territory. Um, this old, Just this old vine. You got Edsma? And... Every single time I have to invite someone to Discord by memory, it's very easy for me to do that because of that kid. This is a procedurally generated code. I do not generate this code. <laughs> but it just happened that, uh, yeah, the welcome code is that. E-T-C-C -C, and then lowercase Z-M-A. Yeah, it's <laughs> Denisha says, it looks okay. Never mind. It's buffering. Okay. Um... And I sound like a robot over in, over on Discord. Jade, I'm really happy to hear that the hoodie came in and it looks beautiful. I'm glad to hear it. Um, folks, what am I going to do about this? Now, I can record this on my end, even if I'm not streaming to Twitch. And if I don't stream to Twitch, I do wonder if it will improve my connection over on Discord. Um, I'm going to keep track of this thing. We're going to keep going for about 10 minutes. And then I'm going to see... Um, you know, sort of what the situation is from there. So let me put this in Twitch as well. I'm going to keep trying. Trying Twitch for another 10 minutes or so. If uh, it's looking terrible, I'm, I'll, <laughs> if it's looking terrible, I'll move over to Discord. 
it chomps less of my bandwidth. Um, yeah, I, so over the past couple of days, there have, there's been some action over on Twitter about, um, uh, like this sort of thing hitting a lot of folks here in, uh, Southern California, just like internet, there's, there's like weird stuff going on in the internet. The, the very paranoid part of me says it's some sort of hostile takeover of the, uh, web infrastructure. Um, that's the, that's the part of me that's like, okay, well, this is it. We have officially succumbed to... Uh, those, the forces that be, and by the forces that be, I mean, um, uh, uh, white old dudes with a lot of money. Um, <laughs> it's not a good thing. I, I laugh because, well, I don't know what else to do about it. Uh, but yeah, that's the, that's the paranoid part of me. The less paranoid part of me says that, uh, either in, you know, preparation for building out some new infrastructure, you know, adding lines or what have you, uh, it looks like we've been sort of distributed downward. But I've been seeing some odd stuff from the, the people I follow on Twitter in the tech space, um, like IT space, not just like pop tech, but, um, you know, real, real, the, the hard tech. And uh, they're saying that there's some odd stuff going on with um, like Amazon packages and i don't mean physical packages i mean data packages uh something propagating out through through networks i understood it very very little um but uh just some some odd stuff going on and it looks like i'm getting hit by it like everyone else is to the point where i can't even tell you if you can hear me right now who knows i Tanisha says, I hear about one word every 15 seconds or so. That's not a great compromise, huh? Like a robot. Is that a sneaky At World's End reference? It is not. I don't, let's see, At World's End. I've heard of it. I've, I'm definitely familiar with At World's End in some, oh, duh. <laughs> um, At World's End. Well, they wouldn't have talked about robots there, would they? At World's End in, um, in the parts of the Caribbean at World's End? Right? Is there a different at World's End, Dolly, that I should know about? Uh, Jade says Amazon, Amazon, Amazon got hacked a while back, didn't they? Uh, Twitch specifically got hacked. Amazon may have as well. Um, but yeah, uh, Twitch, let's see, two or three months ago. And then Amazon, I think, was a little bit before that. But no, it's some weird, like, there's some weird stuff going on in the interweb. So um, yeah, Denisha says it's been buffering a lot. Okay. Um, Um, discord.ggs. All right. Discord is great, says uh, Roll It. Okay, that's good to know. All right, everyone. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out here on Twitch uh, for right now, just for a little while longer. Uh, if you want to hang out in the chat, I am looking at chat, but we are in the 
Percy Jackson underscore discussion channel. Uh, let me go ahead and I'm going to put that in the general channel just so people know how to find me. Um, Percy Jackson discussion channel. Yeah, I'm gonna hang out in here uh, for like another five minutes or so, just to you know let people kind of filter in, make sure I'm directing folks to the right spot. It is you know totally frozen on my end, um, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't see I don't see Twitch kind of keeping up with me here. Um, uh, Tanisha says the audio keeps stopping intermittently. Yeah, I think that's why, like I said, I'm going to be here on Twitch for about five more minutes just to get people kind of moved over toward Discord. Now, if Discord doesn't work, then this will be a non-stream night, but I can record um, today, even if I'm not streaming, so that we won't need to like redo this episode or anything. Um, you will only get the audio-only version on Discord, of course, but uh, I think that might that might work a little bit cleaner than, than what we're trying to do right now. And I, I believe that if I stop trying to cast onto Twitch, then um, it will, then I'll be able to dedicate all that bandwidth toward um, uh, toward Discord, and it should improve the Discord sound. Uh, so I hope that works for folks. That's my that's my aim. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know if I don't know if Discord is. Looking to get into the business of like full on, <laughs> uh, I don't know, full on, you know, streamy stuff, but I, I've not seen anything lately, but I, I know everybody's kind of trying to get in there. I doubt they're going to try and like fully step into that space. The hosting thing is going to be the big one. Like, I don't know if I see, uh, unless they get bought by somebody, I don't know if I ever see Discord, you know, fully dedicating to hosting any video or even audio. Um, I guess maybe audio, but even then, probably not. I, I think Discord is probably not going to do that, um, as nice as that would be. But they might, you know, continue to bolster out some of their streaming stuff and then let that, uh, let the uh, the hosting side of things kind of kick off to other places like YouTube. It's possible. You know, it's possible. Not, not, uh, it would not be out of the realm of possibility. It's definitely sort of the space that they are in. Um, hi, Big Mama. Um, and I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep, uh, spamming this in chat. Um, oops, not this one. Um, and, uh, those of you who are listening in discord right now, I, I am going to proceed as normal. I know we're a little bit behind schedule, but we are definitely going to proceed on, um, Mr. Big says, I'm hanging up, but there's no loss, so I think you can go ahead. Um, uh, Mr. Big, I'm not sure what you mean by that. What do you mean by this, Mr. Big? Yeah, the, the, if the audio is stopping on, on Twitch, then I know that's not going to be any good. Um, so I, I would definitely plan to move over entirely to Discord, as I intend to. But yeah, if you're currently here on Discord, um, you'll have to, you know, keep keep waiting for a little bit longer. Never you fear. 
Um, we're just gonna, I'm just making sure that I can shepherd as many people as I can over toward Discord before we actually get into it for the day. Um, cause I don't want them to miss stuff. This is too bad though, and I'm not sure what this kind of means for me here. Um, if this is an ongoing, like, long-term thing, I mean, that's really bad. <laughs> um, I even tried to, uh, I, I was, I, I had some renders going last night, and so I, I tried to pop into some... Uh, some Splitgate for a little while, and uh, it does not, it, it doesn't look like this is isolated just to streaming. It looks like my upload speed is just nerfed in general. Not great. Not great. But, and yeah, I don't know what that kind of means for us. Uh, I'm hoping it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, my, my streaming is just wonked out forever because, you know, I was, I was, I am not streaming at a really high bit rate. And for those of you who don't know, essentially there's like, there's your bandwidth, which is like the size of your pipes. You know, if we're to, if we're to compare this to like a, a, a plumbing system, you know, if you've got water, I want to, I want to send water, which is data out toward you. Um, the, your bandwidth is sort of like the size of your pipes. And then, um, which is why I had that whole fat pipes joke uh, the other day, uh, the other week or whatever. Um, and then the actual, your bit rate is how much water I'm trying to push through those pipes at one time. Um, and so I need to like, I need to send it to all of you. Um, and uh, I actually keep my bit rate kind of low. So I'm not trying to push too much water through these pipes already. Uh, so if they've sort of shrunk my pipes down essentially, or put some sort of block into the pipes, that's pretty bad. Um, because I was already pushing just about as little as I can um, while still, uh, you know, still supporting the stream. Um, uh, and I, like I said, I, I tend not to push a lot of water through it to begin with. I keep my bitrate pretty low um, because until you, uh, you know, at, at higher levels, they'll do some, some, uh, some work for you on that front. But for me, like basically whatever amount of water I try to push through, push out from my end, that is the amount that you have to receive. And some folks with poor internet connections, their pope, their, their popes, their pipes are pretty narrow. And so if I push a ton of water and they, they're, you know, they tiny little pipes and they're trying to receive that, then they can't get the full picture. And that, that results in a lot of buffering and a lot of glitching and stuff. Um, uh, so I, I've already, I've already keeping it at a pretty low bit rate. Uh, which means that if my pipes have gotten too small to accommodate even this, then streaming's in trouble, gang. That's no good. Okay, one more minute, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of formally get started. I'm gonna hang up over on Twitch, and you know I'll, I'll pop in, pop pop that that chat in one more time. I might try to remember to between our chapters for the day, but um, I will continue to record on this end, so we won't need to re-record this at any point. Let's see. All right. Twitch, I love y'all. I am going to hit you with this one more time. Uh, please go ahead and head over to, to Discord for the night. Um, that's where I'm going to be streaming. And that is all. I will see you all later. Goodbye. Okay, uh, let me just make sure that my stream is going to continue to record, even though it's not going to be actually streaming. Um, 
Let me make sure my, my recording program is still still running properly. It looks like it is. I should be okay. Um, so, okay. Yep, it looks all right so far. All right. Now, uh, for those of you who have joined me here tonight, I thank you very much. Let me go ahead and pop in a little edit note here. Um, this is going to be the beginning of the stream. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is, of course, Thursday night, which makes this flying sidecar. Uh, thank you all for joining me. Uh, we had some wonky stuff going on over on Twitch tonight, so this is going to be a Discord-only night. I'm still recording this, so we won't need to re-record this at any point in the future. I think that should be fine. Um, but it does look like, as far as I can tell, if I'm done streaming... Um, if I'm done trying to stream over on Twitch, then it looks like Discord can cover it okay. It looks like, you know, Discord is keeping up just fine. Um, but yeah, I think this this could potentially be trouble for me. We shall see. Uh, I'm hoping that it is not. Uh, but my upload speed is very important to the streaming process. It's sort of my... I, I had my whole, like, pipes analogy. I need reasonable pipes uh, to bring water in. By water, of course, I mean the data. But I need reasonable pipes to bring it in. But I definitely need reasonable pipes to send it out as well and it looks like there's something wrong with the pipes around here um uh, i of course have no problem blaming uh the the web services out here because they are pretty crap in general um they've been okay for you know the last year or so but not great now i'm getting some weird pings what is that noise also i keep i keep setting my phone to uh silent and it keeps coming back not silent so i don't know what the deal is there uh, as a matter of fact, speaking of silent, let me let me shut this thing real down for the night. Give, give me that do not disturb. Perfect. Hey, y'all, how you doing? How is everybody? Um, Rollit says, stream is going to be on Discord tonight. Indeed. Tanisha, yes, indeed. Uh, Mr. Big, I hope you have, uh, I hope you've made the crossover here. Um, I know it seemed like maybe okay uh, for a while, no skipping the last couple of minutes, but I think, uh, you know, I, I would rather dedicate all of my what seems to be limited PC energy, or I should, I should say limited infrastructure energy, toward one specific uh, spot. I think that'll help out a lot. So, Discord, hey, how you doing? Um, I hope you're doing well. Tanisha, Rollit, uh, Jade Dragon. Uh, once again, if anybody's wondering, uh, we are chatting in the Percy Jackson discussion channel. If you want to know where chat is, that's the one I'm looking at because I can't watch all of them at once. Um, and with that, I think we're going to try to roll right into it because we've waited long enough. Um, not going to be a terribly long stream today. This is our, our last kind of shortish stream. Um, we have got, let's see, Alice, Sidekins. Here we go. Percy Jackson. Um, so today is going to be about 10 and a half thousand words. Um, actually, it looks like next week is going to be about 10 and a half thousand too. Uh, and then the final one is going to be about 14,000 words. So that's going to be the long one. Um, and uh, yeah, if we had if we had today perfectly, oh man, you know what? If, if well, I guess we're, we're still streaming tonight. So maybe we will do it on, maybe we will end this. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. Probably not going to try and stream on the 30th, but we may, I, I might. This is the one stream I would consider doing um, uh, during that week. The rest of them, I might have some fun stuff, but it's not going to be the regular streaming schedule between uh, the Christmas and uh, uh, the New Year's Eve. I don't know why I said it quite like that, but that's okay. Uh, all right. Now, folks, let's talk review. Chapters... 11, 12, and 13. Chapter 11, we break a bridge. Chapter 12, Rachel makes a bad deal. And chapter 13, a titan 
brings me a present. 11, 12, and 13. Chapter 11, we break a bridge. So they're defending New York City. They're defending specifically Manhattan, it seems. Um, they have to jump over to the Williamsburg Bridge where there's kind of a, a major incursion. Uh, Percy fights off the Minotaur and Ethan Nakamura and uh, then eventually Kronos slash Luke himself. Um, we noted last week that we've kind of stopped talking about him as Luke much anymore and he's almost, he's referred to almost entirely as Kronos at this point. Kind of an interesting note. Um, just a second. I don't know why I made all those blingy noises at me. Um, the uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of this Twitch window, even though that's gonna look really weird. Um, just so it's not distracting me quite as much. Um, I guess I don't need it at all, do I? Yeah, I'm just gonna close out of it entirely. The um, the the bridge situation. Uh, is mostly remedied by the time that uh, Percy's done with it. But Annabeth does get injured uh, trying to defend Percy's sort of weak spot, even though Percy didn't tell anyone where it was. It's the small of his back. But somehow, uh, uh, Annabeth tried to defend him from a strike specifically to that position. And so uh, she has been stabbed with a poison blade. She's doing okay, but not good. Let's see. Uh, what else? We, we take a quick motorcycle ride through uh, Manhattan, and um, we end up at this this fancy old hotel, I believe it's the Plaza Hotel, where the demigods have kind of set up their home base. Uh, there's something that is just sort of attractive about it to demigods. It seems like there is, um, you know, a nice sense of history there. Not ancient history, but nice history. Um, and uh, it's attracted demigods over time, like the Beatles and Alfred Hitchcock. Um we got to believe that Alfred Hitchcock was probably a son of Hades, right? Do you think so? Or do you think uh, just like a particularly odd uh, son of, I don't know, who else would it be? Who would Alfred Hitchcock be the son of? That's one for y'all to figure out. Um, uh, Percy sees a vision of Nico D'Angelo, who is seeing a vision of his mother. Uh, we see the moment when Zeus, as far as we can tell it's Zeus, strikes down um, his mother and just at, this is immediately after Hades is sort of begging her to, um, you know, go and live with him in the underworld. But she refuses. Um, she is dead and uh, Hades decides to send, you know, Bianca and uh, Nico to live in the Lotus Hotel for the time being because he knows they're not going to be, they're not going to have a safe or, or good life um, while Zeus is on a war path about this. Chapter, uh, that's that's most of chapter 12. Um, at, at the very end, Percy catches a vision of uh, Rachel Elizabeth Dare who suddenly seems to have some sort of understanding or pops, possibly a vision and says, I have to go to New York. I have to warn Percy. Um, about something. Uh, and then, of course, chapter 13, a titan brings me a present. And in this chapter, um, the titans send um, a little sort of a negotiation party, uh, which includes the titan Prometheus. Um, right? It's a titan. Prometheus is a titan, correct? Not a god? Let me just double check this. Um... Tux dude, he's referred to as Tux dude for a second, man in the ponytail. Um, 
It's got scratches, like a small animal. Tall man in a tuxedo. I don't know that it never, you know what? I can't tell here, so I'm gonna go ahead and look it up. Prometheus. Uh, Titan God of Fire. A Titan God of Fire. Now, hmm. <laughs> a Titan God of Fire, you say? Is Prometheus Titan or God? And are we not, maybe we're not supposed to know yet. Um, <laughs> one of the Titans, okay. One of the Titans and a God of Fire. Okay, so officially a Titan. Um, remember, this is not a frivolous question because, um, you know, there are a lot of gods who have gone over and joined the Titans, even if they are not Titans themselves. Um, I believe Morpheus was one of them. So, uh, this, this Titan... Uh, I guess the, the chapter is titled, A Titan Brings Me a Present, so I probably should have been able to go off of that. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, anyway, Prometheus. Uh, he is the Titan who gifted humanity uh, fire, sort of stole fire from the gods, and was like, hey, humans, check this out. Here, this is for you, and then runs off, uh, but not does, does not escape forever. Um, and brings Percy, you might call it a gift, but you might really call it a choice. Um he, Prometheus, shows Percy um, what it was kind of like for Annabeth, for Luke as young people, um, what it was like to, to deal with Hermes. And it seems like Hermes knew what May Castellan was seeing. Percy isn't sure how he knows this, but as he sees this vision given to him by Prometheus, um, he sort of sees that back in this time, the one time that Luke met his father Hermes, Hermes knows what May Castellan sees in her visions, these terrible things that she will see for her son. Um, uh, and I think we can imagine what she is seeing uh, in these sort of flashbacks is the stuff that is currently happening to Luke right now. I, I imagine that is most of what it's about. Um, and I think Prometheus does this just to sort of reinforce, like, the gods aren't the good guys. They're your team, but maybe they shouldn't be. That is, that is kind of the, the message that he shows up with, Prometheus. And uh, he leaves Percy with a choice. Um, this choice comes in the form of Pandora's box, which, of course, is not a literal box at all. It's a storage vase, uh, something that was a little bit more common um, in the ancient Greek era. Um uh, a storage vase, and this is the thing that uh, Pandora released upon the world, uh, had all these demons in it, and now it only holds one thing, and that is hope. I can't remember the, the uh, uh, let's see, uh, Elpis, Elpis, the spirit of hope. What Percy, what, what they ask Percy to do is give up hope, let Elpis out of the jar, and to release hope forever, and that is when, um, uh, that is when this Titan is going to uh, know that Percy has given up hope, um, and that they give up, they will concede in New York, and thereby concede, of course, um, uh, Olympus as well, um, and in doing so, uh, Prometheus, now we don't know, Prometheus is uh, a bit of a trickster we know this much um we don't know if this is true but prometheus says that they won't be harmed that really what Cronus is interested in is just the seat of the gods it's just olympus so they're going to try that 
Um, and that is the choice that Percy is left with. So, everyone, that is all for the review. Um, like I said, we're kind of, you know, we're not super behind schedule, but we're a bit behind schedule. So I think I'm just going to launch right in. Uh, I want to thank you all very much for joining me. I'm seeing 14 people over here right now, which is not a not a bad number over on over for a Discord night. Uh, folks, thank you so much for joining me. I hope that um, I hope this is not too much of a change of pace for you. Um, I hope you will enjoy this as much as you would over on Twitch. I know you won't be able to see the art, but that is all right. Um, I didn't find stuff that I loved today anyway. I guess there's only last week I had one picture of of uh, New York that I really really loved, but. Hey, that's all right. So, everyone, you ready? Have a seat. Um, lay down. Get that blanket up under your chin. Um, or uh, uh, if not that, then uh, have something warm in hand, even if it's just some some tea, some hot chocolate. Folks, thanks for being here with me. Chapter 14. Pigs Fly. Back at the plaza, Talia pulled me aside. What did Prometheus show you? Reluctantly, I told her about the vision of May Castellan's house. Talia rubbed her thigh like she was remembering an old wound. That was a bad night, she admitted. Annabeth was so little. I don't think she really understood what she saw. She just knew that Luke was upset. I looked out the hotel windows at Central Park. Small fires were still burning in the north, but otherwise the city seemed unnaturally peaceful. Do you know what happened to May Castellan? I mean, I know what you mean, Talia said. I never saw her have uh, an, an episode, but Luke told me about the glowing eyes, the strange things that she used to say. He made me promise never to tell. What caused it, I've got no idea. If Luke knew, he never told me. Hermes knew, I said. Something caused me to see part of Luke's future, and Hermes understood what would happen. How Luke would turn into Kronos. Talia frowned. You can't be sure of that. Remember, Prometheus was manipulating what you saw, Percy. Showing you what happened in the worst possible light. Hermes did love Luke, I could tell just by looking at his face. And Hermes was there that night, because he was checking up on May, taking care of her. It wasn't all bad. It's still not right, I insisted. Luke was just a little kid. Hermes never helped him, never stopped him from running away. Talia shouldered her bow. Again, it struck me how much stronger she looked now that she'd stopped aging. You could tell there was a silvery glow around her, a blessing of Artemis. Percy, you can't start feeling sorry for Luke. We've got tough things to deal with, all of us. All the demigods do. Our parents are hardly ever around, but Luke made bad choices. Nobody forced him to do that. In fact, she glanced down at the hall to make sure we were alone. I'm worried about Annabeth. If she has to face Luke in battle, I don't know if she can do it. 
She's always had a soft spot for him. Blood rose to my face. She'll do fine. I don't know. After that night, after we left his mum's house, Luke was never the same. He got reckless and moody like he had something to prove. By the time Grover found us and tried to get us to camp, well, part of the reason we had so much trouble was because Luke wouldn't be careful. He wanted to pick a fight with every monster we crossed. Annabeth didn't see that as a problem. Luke was her hero. She only understood that his parents made him sad and she got very defensive of him. She still is defensive. All I'm saying, don't you fall into that same trap. Luke has given himself to Kronos now. Luke has given himself to Kronos now. We can't afford to be soft on him. I looked out at the fires in Harlem, wondering how many sleeping mortals were in danger right now because of Luke's bad choices. You're right, I said. Talia patted my shoulder. I'm going to check on the hunters, then I'm going to get some more sleep before nightfall. You should crash too. The last thing I need is more dreams. I know. Believe me. Her dark expression made me wonder what she'd been dreaming about. It was a common demigod problem. The more dangerous our situation became, the worse and more frequent our dreams got. Well, Percy, there's no telling when you'll get another chance for a rest. It's going to be a long night. Maybe our last night. I didn't like it, but I knew she was right. I nodded wearily and gave her Pandora's jar. Do me a favor. Lock this in the hotel vault, will you? I think I'm allergic to pitos. Talia smiled. You got it. I found the nearest bed and passed out. But of course, sleep only brought more nightmares. I saw the undersea palace of my father. The enemy was closer now, entrenched only a few hundred yards outside the palace. The fortress walls were completely destroyed. The temple my dad had used as his headquarters was burning with Greek fire. I zoomed in on the armory, where my brother and some other cyclopes were on a lunch break, eating from huge jars of skippy, extra-chunky peanut butter. And don't ask me how it tasted underwater, because I don't want to know. As I watched, the outer wall of the armory exploded. A cyclops warrior stumbled inside, collapsing onto the lunch table. Tyson knelt down to help, but it was too late. The cyclops dissolved into sea silt. Enemy giants moved toward the breach, and Tyson picked up the fallen warrior's club. He yelled something to his fellow blacksmiths, probably, mm, For Poseidon! But his mouth full of peanut butter, it sounded like, For His brethren all grabbed hammers and chisels and yelled, Peanut butter! And charged beyond Tyson into battle. Then the scene shifted. 
I was with Ethan Nakamura at the enemy camp. What I saw made me shiver, partially because the enemy was... partially because the army was so huge, partially because I recognized the place. We were in the backwoods of New Jersey, on a crumbling road lined with run-down businesses and tattered billboard signs. A trampled fence ringed a big yard full of cement statuary. The sign above the warehouse was hard to read because it was in red cursive, but I knew what it said. Auntie M's Garden Gnome Emporium. I hadn't thought about the place in years. It was clearly abandoned. The statues were broken and spray-painted with graffiti. A cement satyr, Grover's Uncle Ferdinand, had lost his arm. Part of the warehouse roof had caved in. A big yellow sign pasted on the door read, Condemned. Hundreds of tents and fires surrounded the property. Mostly I saw monsters, but there were some human mercenaries in combat fatigues and demigods in armor, too. A purple and black banner hung outside the Emporium, guarded by two huge blue Hyperboreans. Ethan was crouched at a nearest campfire. A couple of other demigods sat with him, sharpening their swords. The doors of the warehouse opened and Prometheus stepped out. Nakamura, he called. The master would like to speak to you. Ethan stood up warily. Something wrong? Prometheus smiled. You'll have to ask him. One of the other demigods snickered. <laughs> nice knowing you. Ethan readjusted his sword belt and headed into the warehouse. Except for the hole in the roof, the place was just as I remembered. Statues of terrified people stood frozen in mid-scream. In the snack bar area, the picnic tables had been moved aside. Right between the soda dispenser and pretzel warmer stood a golden throne. Kronos lounged on it, his scythe across his lap. He wore jeans and a t-shirt, and with his brooding expression he looked almost human, like the younger version of Luke I'd seen in the vision pleading with Hermes to tell him his fate. Then Luke saw Ethan and his face contorted into a very inhuman smile. His golden eyes glowed. Well, Nakamura, what did you think of the diplomatic mission? Ethan hesitated. I'm sure Lord Prometheus is better suited to speak. But I asked you. Ethan's good eye darted back and forth, noting the guards that stood around Kronos. I, I don't think Jackson will surrender. Ever. Kronos nodded. Anything else you wanted to tell me? N no, no, sir. You look nervous, Ethan. No, sir, it's just... I heard this was the lair of... Medusa. Yeah, quite true. Lovely place, huh? Unfortunately, Medusa hasn't reformed since Jackson killed her, so you needn't worry about her joining the collection. Oh, excuse me. Beep, beep, boo. 
Unfortunately, Medusa hasn't reformed since Jackson killed her, so you needn't worry about joining her collection. Besides, there are much more dangerous forces in this room. Kronos looked over at a Lestragonian giant who was munching noisily on some french fries. Kronos waved his hand, and the giant froze. A french fry hung suspended in midair halfway between his hand and his mouth. Why turn him to stone when you can freeze time itself? His golden eyes bored into Ethan's face. Now tell me one more thing. What happened last night on the Williamsburg Bridge? Ethan trembled. Beads of perspiration were popping up on his forehead. I... I don't know, sir. Yes, you do. Kronos rose from his seat. When you attacked Jackson, something happened. Something's not quite right. The girl, Annabeth, jumped in your way. She... she wanted to save him. But he's invulnerable, Kronos said quietly. You saw that yourself. But can't explain it. Maybe she forgot. She forgot. Yeah, that must have been it. Oh dear, I forgot my friend is invulnerable and took a knife for him. Oops. Tell me, Ethan, where were you aiming when you stabbed at Jackson? Ethan frowned. He clasped his hand as if it were holding a blade and mimed a thrust. I'm dumb. not sure it's all happened so fast. I wasn't aiming for any sport in particular. Cronus's fingers tapped the blade of his scythe. I see, he said in a chilly tone. If your memory improves, I will expect... <laughs> the Titan Lord suddenly winced. The giant in the corner unfroze and the French fry fell into his mouth. Kronos stumbled backward and sank onto his throne. My lord? Ethan started forward. I... I... The voice was weak before a moment it was Luke's. Then Kronos' expression hardened. He raised his hand and flexed his fingers slowly as if forcing them to obey. It's nothing, he said, his voice steely and cold again. A minor discomfort. Ethan moistened his lips. He's still farting you? He's still farting you, isn't he? Luke! Nonsense! Kronos spat. You repeat that line, I'm gonna cut out your tongue. The boy's soul has been crushed. I'm simply adjusting to the limits of this form. It requires rest. It's annoying, but no more than a temporary inconvenience. Does... As he say, my lord. You! Kronos pointed his scythe at a dracane with green armor and a green crown. Queen Cess, is it? 
Yes, my lord. Is our little surprise ready to be unleashed? The Dracane Queen bared her fangs. Oh, yes, my lord. What a lovely surprise. Excellent, Chrono said. Tell my brother Hyperion to move our main force south into Central Park. The Half-Bloods will be in such disarray, they won't be able to defend themselves. Go on now, Ethan. Work on improving your memory. We'll talk again when we've taken Manhattan. Ethan bowed and my dreams shifted one last time. I saw the big house at camp, but it was a different era. The house was painted red instead of blue. The campers down at the volleyball pit had early 90s hairstyles, which were probably good for keeping monsters away. Chiron stood by the porch, talking to Hermes and a woman holding a baby. Chiron's hair was shorter and darker. Hermes wore his usual jogging suit and his winged high tops. The woman was tall and pretty. She had blonde hair, shining eyes, and a friendly smile. The baby in her arms squirmed in his blue blanket like a camp half-blood was the last place he wanted to be. It is an honor to have you here, Chiron said to the woman, though he sounded nervous. It has been a long time since a mortal was allowed at camp. Yeah, don't uh, encourage her, Hermes grumbled. May, May, you can't do this. With a shock, I realized I was seeing May Castellan. She looked nothing like the old woman I'd met. She'd seemed full of life, the kind of person who could smile and make everyone around her feel good. Now, don't worry so much, May said, rocking the baby. You need an oracle, don't you? The old one's been dead for, what, twenty years? Longer, Chiron said gravely. Hermes raised his arms in exasperation. I didn't tell you that story so you could apply. It's dangerous, Chiron. Tell her. It is, Chiron warned. For many years I have forbidden anyone from trying. I don't know exactly what's happened. Humanity seems to have lost the ability to host an oracle. We've been through that, May said. And I know I can do it. Hermes, this is my chance to do something good. I've been given a gift of sight for a reason. I wanted to yell at May Castellan to stop. I knew what was about to happen. I finally understood how her life had been destroyed, but I couldn't move or speak. Hermes looked more than worried. You couldn't marry if you became the Oracle, he complained. You couldn't see me anymore. May put her hand on his arm. I can't have you forever, can I? You'll move on soon. You're immortal. He started to protest, but she put her hand on his chest. No, it's true. Don't try to spare my feelings. Besides, we've got a wonderful child. I can still raise Luke if I'm the Oracle, right? Chiron coughed. Yes, but in all fairness, I don't know how that will affect the spirit of the Oracle. A woman who has already born a child, as far as I know, this has never been done before. If the spirit does not take... 
It will, May insisted. No, I wanted to shout. It won't. May Castellan kissed her baby and handed the bundle to Hermes. I'll be right back. She gave them one last confident smile and climbed the steps. Chiron and Hermes paced in silence. The baby squirmed. A green glow lit the windows of the house. The campers stopped playing volleyball and stared up at the attic. A cold wind rushed through the strawberry fields. Hermes must have felt it too. He cried, No! No! He shoved the baby into Chiron's arms and ran for the porch. Before he reached the door, the sunny afternoon was shattered by May Castellan's terrified scream. I got up so fast I banged my head on somebody's shield. Ow! Sorry, Percy. Annabeth was standing over me. I was just about to wake you. I rubbed my head, trying to clear the disturbing visions. Suddenly, a lot of things made sense to me. May Castellan had tried to become the Oracle. She hadn't known about Hades' curse preventing the spirit of Delphi from taking another host. Neither had Chiron or Hermes. They hadn't realized that by trying to take the job, May would be driven mad, plagued with fits in which her eyes would glow green and she would have shattered glimpses of her child's future. Percy? Annabeth asked. What's wrong? Nothing, I lied. What what are you what are you doing in armor? You should be resting. I'm fine, she said, though she looked pale. She was barely moving her right arm. That nectar and ambrosia fixed me right up. Yeah, uh-huh. You can't seriously go out and fight. She offered me her good hand and helped me up. My head was pounding. Outside, the sky was purple and red. You're going to need every person you have, she said. I just looked in my shield. There's an army. Yeah, heading south into Central Park, I said. I know. I told her part of my dreams. I left out the vision of May Castellan because it was too disturbing to talk about. I also left out Ethan's speculation about Luke fighting Kronos inside his body. I didn't want to get Annabeth's hopes up. Do you think Ethan suspects about your weak spot? She asked. I don't know, I admitted. He didn't tell Kronos anything, but if he figures it out... We can't let him. I'll... I'll bonk him on the head harder next time, I suggested. Any idea what surprise Kronos is talking about? She shook her head. I didn't see anything in the shield, but I don't like surprises. Agreed. So? Are you going to argue about me coming along? No, you just beat me up. She managed a laugh, which was good to hear. I grabbed my sword and we went to rally the troops. Talia and the head counselors were waiting for us at the reservoir. The lights of the city were blinking on at twilight. I guess a lot of them were on automated timers. Street lamps growed along... 
street lamps glowed along the shore of the lake, making the water and trees look even spookier. They're coming, Talia confirmed, pointing north with a silver arrow. One of my scouts just reported that they've crossed the Harlem River. There was no way to hold them back. The army, she shrugged. It's huge. We'll hold them at the park, I said. Grover, you ready? He nodded. I'm as ready as I'll ever be. If my nature spirits can stop them anyway, this is the place. Yes, we will, said another voice. A very old, fat satyr pushed through the crowd, stumbling over his own spear. He was dressed in wood-bark armor that was only covering half of his belly. Linnaeus, I said. Don't act so surprised, he huffed. I am the leader of the council. I did... And you did tell me to find Grover. Well, I found him, and I'm not going to let a mere outcast lead the satyrs without my help. Behind Linnaeus' back, Grover made gagging motions, but the old satyr grinned like he was the savior of the day. Never fear, we'll show those titans. I didn't know whether to laugh or get angry, but I managed to keep a straight face. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, Grover, you won't be alone. Annabeth and the Athena cabin are going to make their stand here. And me and... Talia? She patted me on the shoulder. Say no more. The hunters are ready. I looked at their counselors. Good lord. I looked at the other counselors. That leaves the rest of you with a job just as important. You're going to have to guard the other entrances to Manhattan. You know how tricky Kronos is. He's going to hope... I'm lost in it. I'm lost in it. That leaves the rest of you with a job that's just as important. You have to guard the other entrances to Manhattan. You know how tricky Kronos is. He's going to hope to distract us with his big army and sneak another force in somewhere else. It's up to you to make sure that doesn't happen. Has each cabin chosen a bridge or a tunnel? The counselors nodded grimly. Then let's do it, I said. Good hunting, everybody. We heard the army before we saw it. The noise was like a cannon barrage combined with a football stadium crowd, like every Patriots fan in New England was charging at us with bazookas. At the north end of the reservoir, the enemy vanguard broke through the woods, a warrior in golden armor leading a battalion of Lestragonian giants with huge bronze axes. Hundreds of other monsters poured out behind them. Positions, Annabeth yelled. Her cabin mates scrambled. The idea was to make the enemy break around the reservoir. To get to us, they'd have to follow the trails, which means they'd be marching in narrow columns on either side of the water. At first, the plan seemed to work. The enemy divided and streamed along toward the shore. Then they were halfway across, our defenses kicked in. The jogging trail erupted in Greek fire, incinerating, incinerating. (laughs) That's what you do when you want to make, like, extra special, like, uh, uh, chocolate chip cookies and put a little cinnamon in there. Um, at first, the plan seemed to work. The enemy divided and streamed toward us along the shore. When they were halfway across, our defenses kicked in. The jogging trail erupted in Greek fire, incinerating many of the monsters instantly. Others flailed around, engulfed in green flames. Annabeth 
Athena campers threw grappling hooks around the largest giants and pulled them to the ground. In the woods on the right, the hunters sent out a volley of silver arrows into the enemy line, destroying 20 or 30 Draconae, but more marched behind them. A bolt of lightning cracked through the sky and fried a Lestragonian giant to ashes, and I knew Talia must be doing her Daughter of Zeus thing. Grover raised his pipes and played a quick tune. A roar went up from the woods on both sides as every rock, tree, and bush seemed to sprout a spirit. Dryads and satyrs raised their clubs and charged. The trees wrapped around the thick monsters, strangling them. Grass grew around the feet of the enemy archers. Stones flew up and hit Dracane in the faces. The enemy slogged forward. Giants smashed through the trees and naiads faded as their life sources were destroyed. Hellhounds lunged as timber wolves knocked them to the side. Oh, excuse me. Hellhounds lunged at the timber wolves, knocking them aside. Enemy archers returned fire, and a hunter fell from a high branch. Percy? Annabeth grabbed my arm and pointed at the reservoir. The titan in the gold armor wasn't waiting for his forces to advance around the sides. He was charging toward us, walking straight over the top of the lake. A Greek firebomb exploded right on top of him, but he raised his palm and sucked the flames out of the air. Hyperion, Annabeth said in awe. The Lord of Light, Titan of the East. That's bad, I guessed. Next to Atlas, he's the greatest Titan warrior. In the old days, four Titans controlled the four corners of the world. Hyperion was the East, the most powerful. He was the father of Helios, the first sun god. I'll keep him busy, I promised. Percy, even you can't just keep our forces together. We'd set up at the reservoir for a good reason. I concentrated on the water and felt its power surging through me. I advanced toward Hyperion, running over the top of the water. Yeah, buddy, two can play at that game. Twenty feet away, Hyperion raised his sword. His eyes were just like I'd seen them in my dream. As gold as Kronos's, but brighter, like miniature suns. The sea god's brat, he mused. You're the one who trapped Atlas beneath the sky again. It wasn't hard, I said. You titans are about as bright as my gym socks. Hyperion snarled. You want bright. His body ignited in a column of light and heat. I looked away, but I was still blinded. Instinctively, I raised Riptide, just in time. Hyperion's blade slammed against mine. The shockwave sent a ten-foot ring of water across the surface of the lake. My eyes still burned. I had to shut off his light. I concentrated on the tidal wave and forced it to reverse. Just before impact, I jumped up as a jet of water. The waves smashed into Hyperion and he went under, his light extinguished. I landed on the lake's surface just as Hyperion struggled to his feet. His golden armor was dripping wet. His eyes no longer blazed, but they still looked murderous. You will burn, Jackson! He roared. Our swords met again in the air, charged with ozone. The battle still raged behind us. At the right flank, the battle still raged around us. On the right flank, Annabeth was leading an assault with her siblings. On the left flank, Grover and his nature spirits were regrouping, entangling the enemies with bushes and weeds. Enough games, Hyperion told me. 
We fight on land. I was about to make some clever comment, like, no, when the titan yelled. A wall of force slammed me through the air, just like the trick Kronos had pulled on the bridge. I sailed backward about 300 yards and smashed into the ground. If it hadn't been for my new invulnerability, I would have broken every bone in my body. I got to my feet, groaning. I really hate it when you titans do that. Hyperion closed in on me with blinding speed. I concentrated on the water, drawing strength from it. Hyperion attacked. He was powerful and fast, but he couldn't seem to land a blow. The ground around his feet kept erupting in flames, but I kept dousing it just as quickly. Stop it! The titan yelled. Stop that wind! I wasn't sure what he meant. I was too busy fighting. Hyperion tumbled like he was being pushed away. Water sprayed his face, stinging his eyes. The wind picked up, and Hyperion staggered backward. Percy! Grover called in amazement. How are you doing that? Doing what? I thought. And then I looked down, and I realized I was standing in the middle of my own personal hurricane. Clouds of water vapor swirled around me, winds so powerful they buffeted Hyperion and flattened the grass in a twenty-yard radius. Enemy warriors threw javelins at me, but the storm knocked them aside. Sweet, I muttered, but a little more. Lightning flickered around me. The clouds darkened and the rain swirled faster. I closed in on Hyperion and blew him off of his feet. Percy, Grover called again. Bring him over here! I slashed and jabbed, letting my reflexes take over. Hyperion could barely defend himself. His eyes kept trying to ignite, but the hurricane quenched his flames. I couldn't keep up a storm like this forever, though. I could feel my powers weakening. With one last effort, I propelled Hyperion across the field, straight to where Grover was waiting. I will not be toyed with... Hyperion bellowed. He managed to get to his feet again, but Grover put his reed pipes to his lips and began to play. Linnaeus joined him. Around the grove, every satyr took up the song. An eerie melody, like a creek flowing over stones. The ground erupted at Kyperion's feet, gnarled roots wrapped around his legs. What's this? He protested. He tried to shake off the roots, but he was still weak. The roots thickened up like he was wearing wooden boots. Stop this! Your woodland magic is no match for a titan! But the more he struggled, the faster the roots grew. They curled around his body, thickening and hardening into bark. His golden armor melted into the wood, becoming part of a large trunk. The music continued. Hyperion's forces backed up in astonishment as their leader was absorbed. He stretched out his arms and they became branches, from which smaller branches shot out and grew leaves. The tree grew taller and thicker, until only the titan's face was visible in the middle of the trunk. You cannot imprison me, he bellowed. I am Hyperion! I am... The bark closed over his face. Grover took his pipes from his mouth. You are a very nice maple tree. Several of the other satyrs passed out from exhaustion, but they'd done their job well. The Titan Lord was completely encased in an enormous maple. The trunk was at least twenty feet in diameter, with branches as tall as any in the park. The tree might have stood there for centuries. 
the Titan's army started to retreat. A cheer went up from the Athena cabin, but our victory was short-lived. Because just then, Kronos unleashed his surprise. The squeal echoed through Upper Manhattan. Demigods and monsters alike froze in terror. Grover shot me a panicked look. Why does that sound like... It can't be! I knew what he was thinking. Two years ago, we'd gotten a gift from Pan. A large boar. A huge boar that carried us across the southwest after it tried to kill us. The boar had a similar squeal, but what we were hearing now seemed higher-pitched, shriller, almost like like if the boar had an angry girlfriend. A huge pink creature soared over the reservoir, a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade nightmare blimp with wings. A sow, Annabeth cried, take cover! The demigods scattered as the winged lady pig swooped down. Her wings were pink like a flamingo's and matched her skin beautifully, but it was hard to think of her as cute when her hooves slammed into the ground, barely missing one of Annabeth's siblings. The pig stomped around and tore down half an acre of trees, belching a cloud of noxious gas. Then it took off again, circling around for another strike. Hey, don't tell me that thing's from Greek mythology, I complained. I'm afraid so. Annabeth said. The Clasmonian sow. It terrorized Greek towns back in the day. Let me guess, I said. Hercules beat it? Nope, Annabeth said. As far as I know, no hero has ever beaten it. Perfect, I muttered. The Titan's army was recovering from its shock. I guess they realized the pig wasn't after them. We only had seconds before they were ready to fight, and our forces were still in a panic. Every time the sow belched, Grover's nature spirits yelped and faded back into their trees. That pig has got to go! I grabbed a grappling hook from one of Annabeth's siblings. I'll take care of it. You guys, hold the rest of the enemy. Push them back. But, Percy, Grover said, what if we can't? I saw how tired he was. The magic had really drained him. Annabeth didn't look much better from the fighting with a bad shoulder wound. I didn't know how the hunters were doing, but the right flank of the enemy army was now between them and us. I didn't want to leave my friends in such bad shape, but that sow was the biggest threat. It would destroy everything. Buildings, trees, sleeping mortals. It had to be stopped. Retreat if you need to, I said. Just slow them down. I'll be back as soon as I can. Before I could change my mind, I swung the grappling hook like a lasso. When the sow came down for its next pass, I threw with all my strength. The hook wrapped around the base of the pig's wing. It squealed in rage and veered off, yanking the rope and me into the sky. If you're heading downtown from Central Park, my advice is to take the subway. Flying pigs are faster, but way more dangerous. 
The sow soared past the Plaza Hotel straight into the canyon of Fifth Avenue. My brilliant plan was to climb the rope and get on the pig's back. Unfortunately, I was too busy swinging around dodging street lamps in the sides of buildings. Another thing I learned. It's one thing to climb a rope in gym class. It's a completely different thing to climb a rope attached to a moving pig's wing while you're flying at 100 miles an hour. We zigzagged along several blocks and continued south on Park Avenue. Hey, boss! Hey, boss! Out of the corner of my eye, I saw Blackjack speeding along next to us, darting back and forth to avoid the pig's wings. Hey, watch out! I told him. Hop on! Blackjack whinnied. I can catch you. (laughs) Probably. That wasn't very reassuring. Grand Central lay dead ahead. Above the main entrance stood the giant statue of Hermes, which I guess hadn't been activated because it was up so high. I was flying straight toward him at the speed of demigod smashing. Hey, stay alert, I told Blackjack. I've got an idea. Oh, good. I hate your ideas. I swung outward with all my might. Instead of smashing into the Hermes statue, I whipped around it, circling the rope under its arms. I thought this would tether the pig, but I'd underestimated the momentum of a 30-ton sow in flight. Just as the pig wrenched the statue loose from its pedestal, I let go. Hermes went for a ride, taking my place as the pig's passenger, and I free-fell toward the street. In that split second, I thought about the days when my mom used to work at the Grand Central candy shop. I thought about how bad it would be if I ended up as a grease spot on the pavement. Then a shadow swooped under me and I was on Blackjack's back. It wasn't the most comfortable landing. In fact, I yelled, Ow! My voice was an octave higher than usual. Sorry, boss, Blackjack murmured. No problem, I squeaked. Follow that pig! The porker had taken a right on East 42nd and was flying back toward 5th Avenue. When it flew above the treetops, I could see fires here and there around the city. It looked like my friends were having a rough time. Kronos was attacking on several fronts, but at that moment, I had my own problems. I'm going to hold for sound real quick. I don't know if y'all can hear that over in Discord, but it sounds like uh, uh, somebody's cinnamon got real out of hand. It's on its way out. All right, I think we're good. I think we're good. The porker had taken a right at East 42nd and was flying back toward 5th Avenue. When it flew above the rooftops, I could see fires here and there around the city. It looked like my friends were having a rough time. Kronos was attacking on several fronts, but at that moment, I had my own problems. The Hermes statue was still on its leash. It kept bonking into buildings and spinning around. The pig swooped over an office building and Hermes plowed into a water tower on the roof, blasting water and wood everywhere. Then something occurred to me. Get closer, I told Blackjack. He whinnied in protest. Just within shouting distance, I said. I gotta talk to that statue. Yeah, now I'm sure you've lost it, boss, Blackjack said, but he did what I asked. When I was close enough to see the statue's face clearly, I yelled, Hello, Hermes! Command sequence, Daedalus 23. Kill flying pigs, begin activation. Immediately, the statue moved its legs. It seemed confused to find that it was no longer on top of Grand Central Terminal. It was instead being given a sky ride on the end of a rope by a large winged sow. 
It smashed through the side of a brick building, which I think made it a little mad. It shook its head and began to climb the rope. I glanced down at the street. We were coming up on the main public library, with big marble lions flanking the steps. Suddenly, I had a weird thought. Could stone automatons? Could stone statues be automatons too? It seemed like a long shot, but... Faster, I told Blackjack. Get in front of the pig. Taunt him. Uh, boss. Trust me, I said. I can do this. Probably. Oh, sure. Mock the horse. Blackjack burst through the air. He could fly pretty darn fast if he wanted to. He got in front of the pig, which now had a metal Hermes on its back. Blackjack whinnied, You smell like him! He kicked the pig in the snout with its back hooves and went into a steep dive. The pig screamed in rage and followed. We barreled straight toward the front steps of the library. Blackjack slowed down just enough for me to hop off and kept flying toward the main doors. I yelled out, Lions! Command sequence! Daedalus 23! Kill flying pigs! Begin activation! The lions stood up and looked at me. They probably thought I was teasing them, but just then... A massive pink pig monster landed. <laughs> Excuse me. The massive pink pork monster landed with a thud, cracking the sidewalk. The lions stared at it, not believing their luck and pounced. At the same time, a very beat-up Hermes statue leapt under the pig's head and started banging it mercilessly with a caduceus. The lions had some nasty claws. I drew Riptide, but there wasn't much for me to do. The pig disintegrated before my eyes. I almost felt sorry for it. I'd hoped to get to meet the boar of its dreams. I hoped it got to meet the boar of its dreams down in Tartarus. When the monster had completely turned to dust, the lions and the Hermes statue looked around in confusion. You can defend Manhattan now, I told them, but they didn't seem to hear. They went charging down Park Avenue, and I imagine they were looking for flying pigs until someone deactivated them. Hey, boss, I said Blackjack, can we take a donut break? I wiped the sweat off my brow. I wish, big guy, but the fight's still going on. In fact, I could hear it getting closer. My friends needed help. I jumped on Blackjack, and we flew north toward the sound of explosions. All right, folks. There is the first of two chapters for today. Um, these are a little longer, so we're going to take uh, we're going to take it. In a pair instead of a trio. Um, I'm going to jump back onto Twitch for just a second and repeat my message super fast just to make sure if there's anybody peeking in there, they'll see the thing. Um, folks, how are you doing? How are you feeling about this one? Uh, Tanisha says, add some cinnamon, then accidentally incinerate them in the oven. Um, I will tell you all, by the way, uh, a little cinnamon in some chocolate chip cookies is fantastic. Uh, my very favorite... My very favorite... I don't know if it's my very favorite dessert in the world, but absolutely hands down my favorite cookies in the world are cookies made by Mama Cass. She found this crazy, this, well, she found a good recipe and then made it crazy good. Um, uh, and one of her little secrets is some cinnamon. Not enough that it tastes like cinnamon cookies, but it just takes the whole thing. First of all, the scent is crazy. It's, it just like, it goes from um, like, 
you know, like a nice homey sort of smell, you know, chocolate chip cookies to uh, like chocolate chip cookies are like it, it feels like you're on a you're in a dream of chocolate chip cookies. It doesn't really smell like it smells a little bit like cinnamon, but frankly, what it does, it just sort of like kicks the, the experience of it way the heck up. So, yeah, try some cinnamon in your chocolate chip cookies. If you'd like, honestly, in a lot of baked goods, it's fantastic. Uh, also, a, a trick I saw on Reddit at some point: um, if you're bored of adding vanilla extract to everything, try a little almond extract instead every once in a while. Just see how it mixes things up. There you go. You you said never ever passing through a statue without trying to activate it. <laughs> yeah, you use you use just gonna be like side eyeing all the statues from here on out. Like, what's your code? What do I have to say to you to get you to walk around and try to kill flying pigs, huh? <laughs> uh, Dahlia, what do you mean by not allergic to cinnamon anymore? How how does one become non-allergic to something? Did you have to do like, is it one of those things where you got like a series of shots and it sort of like acclimates your body to it? I don't think I've ever heard of someone with a food allergy that stopped being allergic to it. Interesting. <laughs> do you make it try to do your homework or something, you you? Yeah, that's handy. That's handy, especially if you can find a particularly talented statue. No, you, you. Hey, as someone who is very pro-education, you, you, you got to do your own homework. That's the only way that you'll learn. I'm joking. That's not the only way that you'll learn. But no, get your, hey, hey, you, you. <laughs> I will say, I will say, and this is not even from like a pro-education standpoint. This is just from the standpoint of like just effective time management. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on a little secret, you, you. It is going to be a lot faster to just do it yourself than to try to make a statue wake up and do it for you. It's going to be a lot faster. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be the one to bring you this bad news. I know it's terrible to hear. I know it's unfair, you, you, but I do think it's going to be, it's going to be faster. It's just going to be, you know, it takes a while. You're going to have to figure out the right codes. And uh, I don't think the right codes are going to, like, how long would it have taken for you to organically happen upon the... The engagement protocol, uh, Daedalus protocol number 23, right? How long would it have taken you to guess that little sequence? Oof. Out of all the things in the world. Um, Dolly says, I've always been wary of statues ever since Doctor Who. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, I got you, Dolly. Okay, so it's something you grew out of. Okay, yeah, in my head, I had like a, a sort of medical um, uh, process in mind. But no, I guess you're right. Yeah, people do. People can grow out of and into allergies. That makes more sense. Um, Dahlia says, now if I could only get rid of my darn bell pepper allergy. Yeah, Dahlia, I think you and I probably cook in similar ways right now because uh, Cass has like, it's it's one of those things where it's it's like, you know how some people get like, they try cilantro and it tastes like soap. It's not, it's not an allergy for her, but she just like does not care for the taste of it at all. It's just not good. Um, she, uh, she's got that for bell peppers as well. So I'm guessing you and I are making, uh, well, maybe if we're not making similar food, at least we are not making similar food. <laughs> um, fortunately I've got her sort of crossed over into, uh, caramelized onion territory. So there are a few things where it's like, um, uh, let's see, like Philly cheesesteaks and, uh, some pizza, some stuff. Yeah. There's some good stuff in there. <laughs> anyway, lots of talking about food. You really landed me hard in food territory. Yeah, Jade, it is tough because I really do enjoy bell peppers. Um, I found a lot of stuff that I enjoy as well now. A lot of other alternatives, fortunately, but, um, yeah, very strange. 
Anyway, okay. Oh, Big Mama says cinnamon and lemon juice in chocolate chip cookies. I'm gonna, this is gonna be a really hard sell, but maybe maybe not in the chocolate chip cookies because like, I just don't wanna change anything about them. But lemon juice, does, I imagine that affects the texture a little bit more than the taste. How much lemon juice are you putting in for like, if we're talking like six, you know, like hefty cookies, if we're talking like six pretty big cookies, how much lemon juice are you putting in for something about that size? Or I guess like a dozen sort of more, like more modest cookies. Uh, you, you said maybe if you tried Sally Jackson's homemade blue ones, that might be good. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Hey, 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 half a teaspoon, Big Mama. Okay. Good to know. All right. Now, folks, everyone, I think uh, I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a quick chatter break question, but uh, this is one of the first times we've had like a nice even split down the middle. So uh, we've only got one more chapter tonight. I will be back to read that shortly, but I'm going to leave you all with this um, this chatter break question. Um, what, how is this going to pan out with Luke? Um, because it looks like Luke might still be fighting Kronos. Um, when this sort of inevitable showdown comes... What is Percy going to do? I think we can, you know, we could pretty safely say what Annabeth is going to do, but I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that as well. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm extremely curious where Percy is going to end up on that front. Uh, and because it seems to be pretty significant right now, folks, I am going to tell you, we have got a creativity channel um, here in Discord. So if you've got, if you have got um, a snack, meal dessert recipes or something that you want to throw around throw them over in the creativity channel uh put them over there and then you can use the at uh interest recipes tag uh you can just do at recipes and it should pop up for you um it's gonna look like this uh go ahead and check that out um you, you tag your posts with that definitely you know put some stuff over there. Yeah. Yeah. Dahlia put a, a recipe for pizza soup over there, which is pretty cool. I have not made it yet, but I may do so while Mama Cass is gone. We shall see. Um, folks, I will see you in five minutes. The big chatterbreak question is, what is Percy going to do in his final showdown with Kronos? And by this, I mostly mean, what's he going to do about Luke? So I'll see you in five. Um, you'll just have to trust me that the timer's up because uh, obviously on Discord, you can't see it, but I'll be back in five minutes. I will see you all then. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Now, we're going to discuss this, and then we're going to charge on through, uh, because I have to give Mama Cass a ride to the airport tonight. It's very sad. She's going to be she's gonna be uh, back in the Midwest over the holidays. I'm going to be here in Southern California. It's sad, but shh, don't tell her that. Don't tell her I said that. Okay. Now, we have got, um, all right. We've got a half a discussion about pizza soup and half a discussion about, let me see. Okay, so Orly Rose says, I think it's going to be a culmination of his fatal flaw. Um, uh, he's going to see Luke and want to save him. Um, and Kronos uh, will try to exploit uh, some of the things that he knows about Percy. Jade says if he could get Luke to fight, that might help. Um, Yuyu says, I think it's easier for Percy to accept Luke's choices than Annabeth's. Um, I'm more worried about what she's going to do. Oh, excuse me. I think it's easier for Percy to accept uh, Luke's choices than Annabeth. 
Um, so harder, easier for Percy than it is for Annabeth uh, to accept Luke's choices. I am more worried about what she's going to do. Percy had a little time to get close. Percy had little time to get close to him. Annabeth was vulnerable when she met him, and uh, he meant a lot more to her than Percy. Um, Percy will fight him just fine, I guess. Annabeth, on the other hand, it's hard to accept people we once had so much in common with change, especially when it's for the worse, in our opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, it's hard to accept people are, are worse than they used to be. Um, Big Mama says, I don't know what he will do, but I hope he reminds Luke of his family ties with Talia. And, oof, forgot her name. But get Luke to fight Kronos that way. Uh, Jade says, I don't know. They will, ha- uh, but they'll, ha- but they put the Luke is fighting out there. Hmm. But they put the Luke is fighting out there. Oh, gotcha. They, they sort of put that idea out there that Luke is fighting. Uh, even uh, they'll have to do something with it, even if it's just Luke and Redemption Arc. So Jade coming at it from a very authorial point of view. Um, and then Yu says, uh, it's possible to Orly Rose. It says to Orly Rose, it's possible. Okay. All right. Now, everyone. Hey, gang. Let's do this thing. Uh, a bit of review. Last chapter. Um, big fight. Big fight in the, in the city. Um, uh, so... We are, um, uh, Percy gets a couple of visions and, uh, after, you know, after trying to ignore the, the decision left for him by Prometheus, uh, he gets a couple of visions. Um, this is chapter 14, pigs fly. And, uh, in this, he gets a vision of, you know, Poseidon's kingdom where, uh, uh, things are not going well under the ocean. Um, he gets a vision of Kronos and what appears to be their kind of their camp that they've set up, which is actually in the old uh, hideout of Medusa. Um, so they are they're in that old they're in that old garden. Um, you, you said, "Law, sorry, Sam, my English is pretty rusty." Not at all, actually. There was one bit of punctuation where I got a little confused, but largely, you, you, it was just the fact that um, you had you had constructed your sentences pretty well. I was just not prepared for some of the clauses. <laughs> it was it was notably poor reading on my part, you, you. Um, your English is just fine. Never you fear. Uh, let's see. Sometimes I can tell when when people's English is not great. I for you that was not the case. Um, uh, so, uh, Percy has this vision. He can see that in this garden gnome emporium, um, Medusa is not back. Medusa is still out for the count, but, um, he sees a conversation between Ethan Nakamura and Kronos where Kronos sort of like, he's picking up that something strange about Percy in this, this moment where Annabeth defended him for kind of no reason. Um, he wants to know if Ethan knows what's going on with all that and, Ethan, if he knows about Percy's weak spot, he doesn't say anything. Uh, and then finally in this conversation, we see that Kronos is maybe having a hard time kind of controlling his body, maybe? Seems like perhaps Luke is kind of still fighting in there. Hard to tell, but it seems that way. Um, uh, moving on to another vision, uh, Percy sees um, uh, Percy sees the moment where uh, May Castellan tries this thing that she shouldn't have tried. Um, you know, they, they don't know about the curse that, that Hades laid upon the, um, uh, laid upon the 
oracle, and so they don't know that this is going to be, you know, very dangerous to try. But uh, they need a new oracle, and so uh, May Castellan offers to give it a shot. She says she can't, you know, she's not going to be able to stick with Hermes forever, right? Hermes is going to go off and do his own stuff, as we know about the gods. But um, she decides she wants to try this, and, well, it ends how we know it ends, uh, poorly. Uh, She goes and tries to make this contact, but was unfortunately kind of rebuffed by uh, that spirit and is not able to kind of claim that as her own. Um, That vision ends and uh, let's see, what what else comes after that? Uh, Then we see sort of what the big, what the big bad thing was part of their plan. They, they, uh, the half-bloods and um, Grover and the satyrs and um, uh, the hunters of Athena, they have all, um, come together, excuse me, Hunters of Artemis, my bad. Um, they have all come together and they are staging their their big battlefield is going to be on the, um, uh, near the reservoir, near the New York reservoir, um, which is like a big lake basically. Um, and it goes all right. Um, they they have they fight Hyperion and Percy is able to make actually some pretty good work out of Hyperion, um, one of the more powerful Titans, and yet Percy is able to do some like I said some pretty good work. Um, but that's when they reveal the big surprise that Kronos had in store, which is the um, the something sow. What is the word? Well, it's a big flying pig basically, um, and so Percy has to go off and deal with that, and he does so by you know engaging some statues using his using his uh, using his smorts. He and he and Blackjack go and handle that issue, uh, and that is roundabout where we are at. Um, the The battle seems to be turning for the worse elsewhere because, of course, you know Kronos is attacking from multiple fronts right now, um, and so Percy goes back to uh, aid in the fight there. Uh, and that is about where we're at. I do hope that you folks are enjoying this quite a bit, as I am, um, and uh, I hope that you will enjoy as we continue to read. Chapter 15, Chiron Throws a Party. Midtown was a war zone. We flew over little skirmishes everywhere. A giant was ripping up trees in Bryant Park while dryads pelted him with nuts. Outside, the Waldorf Astoria, a bronze statue of Benjamin Franklin was whacking a hellhound with a rolled-up newspaper. A trio of Hephaestus campers fought a squad of Dracane in the middle of Rockefeller Center. I was tempted to stop and help, but I could tell from the smoke and noise the real action had been moved further south. Our defenses were collapsing. The enemy was closing in on the Empire State Building. We did a quick sweep of the surrounding area. The hunters had set up a defensive line on 37th, just three blocks north of Olympus. To the east of Park Avenue, Jake Mason and some other Hephaestus campers were leading an army of statues against the enemy. To the west, the Demeter cabin and Grover's nature spirits had turned 6th Avenue into a jungle that was hampering a squadron of Kronos' demigods. The south was clear for now, but the flanks of the enemy army were swinging around. A few more minutes and we'd be totally surrounded. We have to land where they need us most, I muttered. I think that's everywhere, boss. I spotted a familiar silver owl banner in the southeast corner of the fight, 33rd of the Park Avenue tunnel. 
Annabeth and two of her siblings were holding back a Hyperborean giant. There, I told Blackjack. He plunged toward the battle. I leapt off his back and landed on the giant's head. When the giant looked up, I slid off of his face, shield bashing his nose on the way down. The giant staggered backward, blue blood trickling from his nostrils. I hit the pavement running. The Hyperborean breathed a cloud of white mist and the temperature dropped. The spot where I'd landed was now coated with ice and I was covered in frost like a sugar donut. Hey, ugly, Annabeth yelled. I sure hope she was talking about the giant. Blue Boy bellowed and turned toward her, exposing the unprotected back of his legs. I charged and stabbed him behind the knee. The Hyperborean buckled. I waited for him to turn, but he froze. I mean, he literally turned to solid ice. From the point where I'd stabbed him, cracks appeared in his body. They got larger and wider around the giant until he collapsed into a mountain of blue shards. Thanks, Annabeth winced, trying to catch her breath. The pig... Pork chops, I said. Good. She flexed her shoulder. Obviously, the wound was still bothering her, but she saw my expression and rolled her eyes. I'm fine, Percy, come on. We've still got plenty of enemies left. She was right. The next hour was a blur. I fought like I'd never fought before, wading into legions of Dracane, taking out dozens of telekines with every strike, destroying Imposai with knocking, uh, destroying Imposai and knocking out enemy demigods. No matter how many I defeated, more took their place. Annabeth and I raced from block to block, trying to shore up our defenses. Too many of our friends lay wounded in the streets. Too many were missing. As the night wore on and the moon got higher, we were backed up foot by foot until we were only a block from the Empire State Building in any direction. At one point, Grover was next to me, bonking snake women over the head with his cudgel. Then he disappeared into the crowd, and it was Talia at my side, driving the monsters back with the power of her magic shield. Mrs. O'Leary bounded out of nowhere, picking up a Lake Stragonian giant in her mouth and flinging him into the air like a frisbee. Annabeth used her invisibility cap to sneak behind enemy lines. Whenever a monster disintegrated for no apparent reason with a surprised look on his face, I knew Annabeth had been there. But it still wasn't enough. Hold your lines! Katie Gardner shouted somewhere off to my left. The problem was there were too few of us to hold anything. The entrance to Olympus was twenty feet behind me. A ring of brave demigods, hunters, and nature spirits guarded the doors. I slashed and hacked, destroying everything in my path, but even I was getting tired. And I couldn't be everywhere at once. Behind the enemy troops, a few blocks to the east, a bright light began to shine. I thought it was the sunrise. Then I realized Kronos was riding toward us on a golden chariot. A dozen Lestragonian giants bore torches before him. Two Hyperboreans carried his black and purple banners. The Titan Lord looked fresh and rested, his powers at full strength. He was taking his time in advancing, letting me wear myself down. 
Annabeth appeared next to me. We have to fall back to the doorway. Hold it at all costs. She was right. I was about to order a retreat when I heard the hunting horn. It cut through the noise of the battle like a fire alarm. A chorus of horns answered from all around us, echoing off the buildings of Manhattan. I glanced at Talia, but she just frowned. Not the hunters, she assured me. We're all here. Then who? The horns got louder. I couldn't tell where they were coming from for the echo, but it sounded like an entire army was approaching. I was afraid it might be more enemies, but Kronos' forces looked as confused as we were. Giants lowered their clubs, Dracane hissed, even Kronos' honor guard looked uneasy. And then, to our left, a hundred monsters cried out at once. Kronos' entire northern flank surged forward. I thought we were doomed, but they didn't attack. They ran straight past us and crashed into their southern allies. A new blast of horns shattered the night. The air shimmered. A blur of movement. An entire cavalry appeared as if dropping out of light speed. Yeah, baby! A voice wailed. Party! A shower of arrows arced over our heads and slammed into the enemy, vaporizing hundreds of demons. But these weren't regular arrows. They made whizzy sounds as they flew, like... Some had pinwheels attached to them. Others had boxing gloves rather than points. Centaurs! Annabeth yelled. The party pony army exploded into our midst in a riot of colors. Tie-dye shirts, rainbow afro wigs, oversized sunglasses, and war-painted faces. Some had slogans scrawled across their flanks like Horses Pone or Kronos Sucks. Hundreds of them filled the entire block. My brain couldn't process everything I saw, but I knew if it were the enemy, I'd be running. But I knew if I were the enemy, I'd be running. Percy! Chiron shouted across the sea of wild centaurs. He was dressed in armor from waist up, a bow in his hand, and he was grinning in satisfaction. Sorry, we're late. Dude! Another centaur yelled. Talk later! Waste monsters now! He locked and loaded a double-barrel paint gun and blasted an enemy hellhound bright pink. The paint must have been mixed with celestial bronze dust or something, because as soon as it splattered the hellhound, the monster yelped and dissolved into a pink and black puddle. Party ponies! A centaur yelled. South Florida! Somewhere across the battlefield, a twangy voice yelled back. Heart of Texas, chapter! Hawaii owns your faces! A third one shouted. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. The entire Titan army turned and fled, pushed back by a flood of paintballs, arrows, swords, and Nerf baseball bats. The centaurs trampled everything in their path. Stop running, you fools! Kronos yelled. Stand and... That last part was because a panicked Hyperborean giant stumbled backward and sat on top of him. The Lord of Time disappeared under a giant blue butt. We pushed them for several blocks until Chiron yelled, Hold! On your promise, hold! It wasn't easy, but eventually the order got relayed up and down the ranks of centaurs, and they started to pull back, letting the enemy flee. Chiron is smart, Annabeth said, wiping the sweat off of her face. If we pursue, we'll get too spread out. We need to regroup. 
but the enemy, they're not defeated. At the dawn, oh boy. But the enemy, they're not defeated, she agreed. But the dawn is coming. At least we've bought some time. I didn't like pulling back, but I knew she was right. I watched as the last of the telekines scuttled toward the East River. Then reluctantly, I turned and headed back toward the Empire State Building. We set up a two-block perimeter, with a command tent at the Empire State Building. Chiron informed us that the party ponies had sent chapters from almost every state in the Union. Forty from California, two from Rhode Island, thirty from Illinois. Roughly five hundred in total had answered. But even with that many, we couldn't defend more than a few blocks. Dude, a centaur said, uh, Dude, said a centaur named Larry. His t-shirt identified him as Big Chief Uber Guy, New Mexico chapter. That was much more fun than our last convention in Vegas. Yeah, said Owen from South Dakota. He wore a big black leather jacket and an old World War II army helmet. We totally wasted him. Chiron patted Owen on the back. You did well, my friend, but don't get careless. Kronos should never be underestimated. Now, why don't you visit the diner on West 33rd and get some breakfast? I hear the Delaware chapter found a stash of root beer. Root beer! They almost trampled each other as they galloped off. Chiron smiled. Annabeth gave him a big hug and Mrs. O'Leary licked his face. He grumbled. Enough of that, dog. Yes, I'm glad to see you too. Chiron, thanks, I said. Talk about saving the day. He shrugged. I'm sorry it took so long. Centaurs travel fast, you know. We can bend distances as we ride. Even so, getting all the centaurs together is no easy task. The party ponies are not exactly organized. How did you get through the magic defenses around the city? Annabeth asked. They slowed us down a bit, Chiron admitted. But I think they're intended mostly to keep mortals out. Kronos doesn't want any puny humans getting in the way of his great victory. So maybe other reinforcements can get through too, I said hopefully. Chiron stroked his beard. Perhaps, but our time is short. As soon as Kronos regroups, he will attack again, without the element of surprise on our side. I understood what he meant. Kronos wasn't beaten, not by a long shot. I half hoped Kronos had been squashed under that Hypergorian, but under that Hyperborean, but I knew better. He'd be back. Tonight at the latest. And Typhon? I asked. Chiron's face darkened. The gods are tiring. Dionysus was incapacitated yesterday. Typhon smashed his chariot and the wine god went down somewhere in the Appalachians. No one has seen him since. Hephaestus is out of action as well. He was thrown from the battle so hard he created a new lake in West Virginia. He will heal, but not soon enough to help. The others still fight. They've managed to slow Typhon's approach, but the monster cannot be stopped. He will arrive in New York by this time tomorrow. 
Once he and Kronos combine forces. Then what chance do we have? I said. We can't hold out another day. We're going to have to, Talia said. I'll see about setting up some new traps around the perimeter. She looked exhausted. Her jacket was smeared with grime and monster dust, but she managed to get her feet and stagger off. I will help her, Chiron decided. I should make sure my brother and don't go too overboard with the root beer. I thought too overboard pretty much summed up the party ponies, but Chiron cantered off, leaving Annabeth and me alone. She cleaned the monster slime off of her blade. I'd seen her do that a hundred times, but I'd never thought about why she cared so much about the blade. At least your mom is okay, I offered. If you call fighting... Oh, excuse me. If you call fighting Typhon okay? She locked eyes with me. Percy, even with the centaur's help, I'm starting to think... I know. I had a bad feeling this might be our last chance to talk. And I felt like there were a million things I hadn't told her. Listen, there were some, some visions that Hestia showed me. You mean about Luke? Maybe it was just a safe guess, but I got the feeling Annabeth knew I'd been holding back. Maybe she'd been having some dreams of her own. Yeah, I said. You and Talia and Luke. The first time you met. And the time that you met Hermes. Annabeth slipped her knife back into its sheath. Luke promised me he'd never let me get hurt. He said... He said we'd be a new family. And it would turn out better than his. Her eyes reminded me of that seven-year-old girl's in the alley. Angry, scared, desperate for a friend. Talia talked to me earlier, I said. She's afraid that I can't face Luke, she said miserably. I nodded. But there's something else that you should know. Ethan Nakamura seemed to think that Luke was still alive inside of his body. Maybe even fighting Kronos for control. Annabeth tried to hide it, but I could see her mind working on the possibilities. Maybe starting to hope. I didn't want to tell you, I admitted. She looked up at the Empire State Building. Percy, for so much of my life, I felt like everything was changing all the time. I didn't have anyone that I could rely on. I nodded. That was something that most demigods could understand. I ran away when I was seven. Then, with Luke and Talia, I thought I'd found a family. But it fell apart almost immediately. What I'm saying? I hate it when people let me down. When things are temporary. I think that's why I want to be an architect. To build something permanent, I said. A monument to last a thousand years. She held my eyes. I guess that sounds like my fatal flaw again. Years ago in the Sea of Monsters, Annabeth had told me the biggest flaw. Annabeth had told me her biggest flaw was pride. Thinking she could fix anything. 
I'd even seen a glimpse of her deepest desire, shown to her by the siren's magic. Annabeth had imagined her mother and father together, standing in front of a newly rebuilt Manhattan, designed by Annabeth. And Luke had been there, too. Good again, welcoming her home. I guess I understand how you feel, I said. But Talia's right. Luke has already betrayed you so many times. He was evil even before Kronos. I don't want him to hurt you anymore. Annabeth pursed her lips. I could tell she was trying not to get mad. And you'll understand if I keep hoping there's a chance you're wrong. I looked away. I felt like I had done my best, but that didn't make me feel any better. Across the street, the Apollo campers had set up a field hospital to tend to the wounded. Dozens of campers and almost as many hunters. I was watching the medics work and thinking about our slim chances for holding Mount Olympus. And then, suddenly, I wasn't there anymore. I was standing in a long, dingy bar with black walls, neon signs, and a bunch of partying adults. A banner across the bar read, Happy Birthday, Bobby Earl. Country music played on the speakers. Big guys in jeans and work shirts crowded the bar. Waitresses carried trays of drinks and shouted at each other. It was pretty much exactly the kind of place my mom would never let me go to. I was stuck in the back of the room, next to the bathrooms, which didn't smell so great, and a couple of antique arcade games. Oh, good, you're here, said the man at the Pac-Man machine. I think I'll have a Diet Coke. He was a pudgy guy in a leopard-skin Hawaiian shirt, purple shorts, red running shoes, and black socks, which didn't exactly make him blend in with the crowd. His nose was bright red. A bandage was wrapped around his curly black hair like he was recovering from a concussion. I blinked. Mr. D? He sighed, not taking his eyes off the game. Really, Peter Johnson? How long will it take for you to recognize me on sight? As long as it takes for you to figure out my name, I muttered. Where are we? Oh, well, we're at Bobby Earl's birthday party. Dionysus said. Somewhere in lovely rural America. I thought Typhon swatted you out of the sky. They said you crash-landed. Oh, your concern is touching. I did crash-land. Very painfully, in fact. That part of me is still buried under a hundred feet of rubble when an abandoned coal mine. It's going to be several more hours before I've got enough strength to mend. But in the meantime, part of my consciousness is here. At a bar playing Pac-Man. Party time, Dionysus said. Surely you've heard of it. Wherever there's a party, my presence is involved. Wherever there's a party, my presence is invoked. Because of this, I can exist in many different places at once. The only problem is finding a party. I don't know if you're aware how serious things are outside your safe little bubble, New York. Safe little bubble? But believe me, the mortals out here in the heartland are panicking. Typhon has terrified them. Very few people are throwing parties right now. Apparently, Bobby Earl and his friends, bless them, they're a little slow. They've not yet figured out the world is ending. 
so I'm not really here. No. In a moment, I'm going to send you back to your normal, insignificant life, and it was going to be like nothing ever happened. And why did you bring me here? Dionysus snorted. Oh, I didn't want you particularly. Any of the silly, any of you silly little heroes would do. That Annie girl, Annabeth. The point is, he said, I pulled you into party time to deliver a warning. We are in danger. Yeah, gee, I never would have figured that out. Thanks. He glared at me and momentarily forgot his game. Pac-Man got eaten by the red ghost dude. Arius Caracas, Brinky, Dionysus cursed. I will have your soul. Uh, he's a video game character, I said. That's no excuse. And you're ruining my game, Jorgensen. Jackson. Whichever. Now listen, the situation is graver than you imagine. If Olympus falls, not only will the gods fail, but everything that's connected to our legacy is going to begin to unravel. The very fabric of your puny little civilization. The game played a song and Mr. D progressed to level 254. Ha! Take that, you pixelated fiends! Uh, the fabric of civilization, I promised. I prompted. Yes, yes, your, your entire society will devolve. Perhaps not right away, but mark my words, the chaos of the Titans will mean the end of Western civilization. Art, law, wine tastings, music, video games, silk shirts, black velvet paintings, all the things that make life worth living will disappear. So why aren't the gods rushing back to help us? I said. We should combine our forces at Olympus. Forget Typhon. He snapped his fingers impatiently. You forgot my Diet Coke? God, you're annoying. I got the attention of a waitress and ordered a stupid soda. I put it on Bobby Earl's tab. Mr. D got a good long drink. His eyes never left the video game. The truth is, Pierre... Percy. The other gods would never admit this, but we actually need you mortals to rescue Olympus. You see, we are manifestations of your culture. If you don't care enough to save Olympus yourselves... Like Pan, I said. Dependent on the satyrs to fight the wild... Dependent on the satyrs to save the wild. Yes, quite. I would never deny... Dang it. I will deny I ever said this, of course, but the gods do need heroes. They always have. Otherwise, we wouldn't keep you annoying little brats around. Yeah, I feel so wanted. Thanks. Here's the training that I gave you at camp. <laughs> what training? You know, all the hero techniques and... No! Mr. D slapped the game console. No, Pariaichi. The last level. Gah. He looked at me, and purple flame flickered in his eyes. As I recall, I once predicted you would turn out to be as selfish as all the other human heroes. Or this is your chance to prove me wrong. Yeah, making you proud is real high on my list. You must save Olympus, Pedro. Leave Typhon to the Olympians and save our seats of power. It must be done. Yeah, great. Nice little chat. If you don't mind, my friends are going to be wondering 
There is more, Mr. D warned. Kronos has not yet attained full power. The body of the mortal is only a temporary measure. Okay, we kind of guessed that. Did you also guess that within a day at most, Kronos will burn away that mortal body and take on the true form of a Titan King? And that would mean... Dionysus inserted another quarter. You know about the true form of the gods? Yeah, you, you can't look at them without burning up. Kronos will be ten times more powerful. His very existence would incinerate you. And once he achieves this, he'll empower the other titans. They're weak now, compared to what they'll soon become, unless you can stop them. The world will fall. The gods will die, and I will never get a chance to score a perfect game on this stupid machine. Maybe I should have been more terrified, but honestly... I was already as scared as I could get. Can I go now? I asked. One last thing. My son, Pollux. Is he alive? I blinked. Yeah, I saw him. I would very much appreciate if you could keep him that way. I lost his brother, Caster, last year. I remember. I stared at him, trying to wrap my mind around the idea that Dionysus could be a caring father. I wondered how many other Olympians were thinking about their demigod children right now. I'll do my best. <laughs> Your best? Dionysus muttered. Well, he's not reassuring. Go on now, you've got some nasty surprises to deal with, and I must defeat Blinky. Nasty surprises? He waved his hand, and the bar disappeared. I was back on Fifth Avenue. Annabeth hadn't moved. She didn't give any sign that I'd been gone or anything. She caught me staring and frowned. What? Uh, nothing, I guess. I gazed down the avenue, wondering what Mr. D had meant by nasty surprises. How much worse could it get? My eyes rested upon a beat-up blue car. The hood was badly dented, like somebody had tried to put a hammer out. Like someone had tried to hammer out some huge craters. My skin tingled. Why did that car look so familiar? And then I realized it was a Prius. Paul's Prius. I bolted down the street. Percy, Annabeth called. Where are you going? Paul was passed out in the driver's seat. My mom was snoring beside him. My mind felt like mush. How had I not seen them before? They'd been sitting here in traffic for over a day, the battle raging around them, and I hadn't even noticed. They, they must have seen those blue lights in the sky. I rattled the doors, but they were locked. I gotta get them out. Percy, Annabeth said gently. I can't just leave him here. I sounded a little crazy. I pounded on the windshield. I, 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 I had to move him. I gotta... Percy, just just hold on. Annabeth waved to Chiron, who was talking to some centaurs down the block. We can push the car to the side street, right? They'll be fine. 
My hands trembled. After all I'd been through over the last few days, I felt so stupid and weak. But the sight of my parents made me want to break down. Chiron galloped over. What's... Oh, dear. I see. They were coming to find me, I said. My mom must have sensed that something was wrong. Most likely, Chiron said. But, Percy, they will be fine. The best thing that we can do for them is just to be focused on our job. Then I noticed something in the back seat of the Prius, and my heart skipped a beat. Seat belted behind my mother was a black and white Greek jar, about three feet tall. Its lid was wrapped in a leather harness. No way, I muttered. Annabeth pressed her hand to the window. That's... that's impossible. I thought you left that at the plaza. Yeah, locked in a vault, I agreed. Chiron saw the jar and his eyes widened. That isn't... Pandora's jaw. I told him about my meeting with Prometheus. Well, then the jar is yours, Chiron said grimly. It will follow you and attempt you to open it, no matter where you leave it. It will appear when you are the weakest. Like now, I thought, looking at my helpless parents. I imagined Prometheus smiling, so anxious to help out us poor mortals. Give up hope, and I will know you are surrendering. Give up hope, and I will know you are surrendering. I promise Kronos will be lenient. Anger surged through me. I drew Riptide and cut through the driver's side window like it was made of plastic wrap. We'll put the car in neutral, I said. Push him out of the way. And take that stupid jaw to Olympus. Chiron nodded. A good plan, but Percy... Whatever he was going to say, he faltered. A mechanical drumbeat grew loud in the distance. The chup 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 of a helicopter. On a normal Monday morning in New York, this would have been no big deal, but after two days of silence, a mortal helicopter was the oddest thing I'd ever heard. A few blocks east, the monster army shouted and jeered as the helicopter came into view. It was a civilian model, painted dark red, with a bright green DE logo on the sides. The words under the logo were too small to read, but I knew what they said. Dare Enterprises. My throat closed up. I looked at Annabeth and I could see she recognized the logo too. Her face was as red as the helicopter. What is she doing here? Annabeth demanded. How did she get through the barrier? Who? Chiron looked confused. What mortal would be insane enough to... Suddenly the helicopter pitched forward. The Morpheus Enchantment! Chiron said. The foolish mortal pilot is asleep. I watched in horror as the helicopter careened sideways, falling toward a row of office buildings. Even if it didn't crash, the gods of the air would probably swat it out of the sky for coming near the Empire State Building. I was too paralyzed to move, but Annabeth whistled and Guido the Pegasus swooped out of nowhere. <laughs> you rang for a handsome horse? He asked. Come on, Percy, Annabeth growled. We have to save your friend. And there you go, folks.
that is the end of this chapter. Now, it looks like my internet has taken a dive again. How is my audio right now? Are we okay? I've not been keeping an eye on it uh, live. Am I, does it, still, does it sound okay? Orlero says, stinking cliffhanger. Yeah, yes, indeed. Quite the cliffhanger. Now, folks, um, I need to wrap up very quickly today. Um, I am going to be taking Mama Cass to the airport, so I am going to have to bid you all adieu quickly, but not immediately. Now, we've got a couple of things. First of all, um, I, of course, I'm, I'm looking at my sound bites specifically. Of course, um, I think uh, next week we've got at least two. So first of all, I'm going to do the, the Polar Express. I am going to record one just in case I can't do it live. You will have Polar Express by Christmas. I promise you that, uh, Orly Rose. I, I know you've been waiting for that one for a long time. Absolutely, that one is going to be there. But I think it does, it makes sense for it to be next week, right? I might try to do like a little, I might do a tiny stream just for that. Um, if uh, Even if we can't, you know, do it during our regular time. And I will coordinate with you to make sure that you are available for it, Orly Rose. So that's coming. Uh, also, Gems. Uh, Gems has got uh, something in which turned out to be a song. I might have to record it because it's a song. That might be too tough to try and pull off live, but uh, I, I just got the sort of like audio track from uh, Dahlia. Dahlia, thank you very much. Um, Dahlia kind of put together a, a melody for that one, so I'm going to try and work on that one, um, but a one-day turnaround, it was a little too quick for me, especially because it's like it's like seven minutes long, um, which, I mean, if you think about most, most songs are like two and a half minutes. You know, we're talking like a full-on three three song length um so i'll have to I, I need some time to work on that one but i think uh for tonight uh i do want to get at least one sound bite knocked uh knocked down and i think we're gonna read an egg by andy weir um this one is from dahlia if y'all are wondering about sound bites you can find out more over on patreon but uh patrons can once a month send me a sound bite something that they like um and uh dahlia of course i know you've got other two on here as well but i think tonight just a quick short one i think this is going to be what makes the most sense so let's take a look at this um and uh i think what's well, going to be some good imagery for this um this this is good. No, this is gonna to be too too wacky. Um, let's see. I don't know. I don't know what keywords to use to describe this, other than maybe just like an egg. <laughs> it is called the egg, after all. Um, I was considering doing Fault in Our Stars tonight, but we're not. I don't have quite enough time for it, Dahlia. Um, and like I said, if I do not have time to do all of these as it's as a like as a tagged onto a stream, I will do them as their own stream. Um, because I know, like, you know, this this month is going to be a little odd. This might be one of the things that I sort of uh, boot up midweek after after Christmas, but before um, uh, before New Year's Eve. There we go. I got there eventually. Also, can I say, I, I, I like to use Bing just in general. Um, today, it has been really, really bad. So I'm trying to figure out if that has anything to do with all the weirdness going on. So I guess I'll jump over to Chrome for a bit. Um, let's see, you can see some of my search history from when I was looking up uh, um, art for today. Centaur party art, modern centaur art, party ponies art. None of those, n none of those yielded much for me. Uh, let's see, bright void art. Let's try that. How about bright afterlife art? Hmm. 
Okay, one of these is going to work okay for me. I kind of like, I kind of like, yeah, something like this. Let's see. Oh, good grief. Yep, yep, I... Fine, Shutterstock, whatever, man. Um... What do we need? Oof, Orly Rose. Yeah, I, I... I know how you feel there. Um, how about... Something like this. This is a little bit more abstract, but you know what? I like this, I think. I like this quite a bit. All right. Dahlia, I hope this seems appropriate to you. Uh, oh, duh. Dingling. Nobody over on. <laughs> we're, we're doing. Uh, we're, we're on. Um, we are definitely on Discord only tonight, so nobody can actually see it. All right. Well, it's here for the recording. All right. So this one is uh like i said this is a soundbite sent in by um by our good friend dahlia let me go ahead and grab the actual window here so i can read it off and let us begin this is an egg by andy weir um and oh i shall not forget Shannot, excuse me. I shan't forget. Um, is there is there a section of directions for this? No, this, this is all the directions. Okay, cool. An Egg by Andy Weir. It was a car accident. Nothing particularly remarkable, but fatal nonetheless. You left behind a wife and two children. It was a painless death. The EMTs tried their best to save you, but to no avail. Your body was so utterly shattered, you were better off. Trust me. And that's when you met me. What? What happened? You asked. Where am I? You died, I said, matter-of-factly. No point mincing words. There was a there was a, a a truck and I was skidding. Yep, I said. I I died. Yep. But don't feel bad about it. Everyone dies, I said. You looked around. There was nothingness. Just you and me. What is this place? You asked. Is this the afterlife? More or less, I said. Just a moment. Hold for sound. Is this the afterlife? More or less, I said. Are you God? You asked. Yep, I replied. I'm God. My kids, my wife, you said. What about them? Will they be all right? 
That's what I like to see, I said. You just died, and your main concern is for your family. That's good stuff right there. He looked at me with fascination. To you, I didn't look like God. I just looked like some man, some vague authority figure. More of a grammar school teacher than the Almighty. Don't worry, I said. They'll be fine. Your kids will remember you as perfect in every way. They didn't have time to grow contempt for you. Your wife will cry on the outside, but will be secretly relieved. To be fair, your marriage was falling apart. If it's any consolation, she'll feel very guilty for feeling relieved. Oh, he said. So what happens now? Do I go to heaven or hell or something? Neither, I said. You'll be reincarnated. Oh, he said. So the Hindus were right. All the religions are right in their own way, I said. Walk with me. You followed along as we strolled in the void. Where are we going? Nowhere in particular, I said. It's just nice to walk while we talk. So what's the point, then? You asked. When I get reborn, I'll just be a blank slate, right? A baby, so all my experiences and everything I did in this life won't matter. Not so, I said. You have within you all the knowledge and experiences of your past lives. You just don't remember them right now. I stopped walking and took you by the shoulders. Your soul is more magnificent, beautiful, and gigantic than you could possibly imagine. A human mind can only contain a tiny fraction of what you are. It's like sticking your finger in a glass of water to see if it's hot or cold. You put a tiny part of yourself in the vessel. When you bring it back out, you've gained all the experiences it had. You've been a human for these last 34 years, so you haven't stretched out yet and felt the rest of your immense consciousness. If we hung out here for longer, you'd start remembering everything. But there's no point doing that in between each life. How many times have I been reincarnated, then? Oh, lots and lots, and into lots of different lives, I said. This time you'll be a Chinese peasant girl in 540 A.D., Wait, wait, what? You stammered. You're sending me back in time? Well, I guess technically. Time, as you know, it only exists in your universe. Things are different where I come from. Where do you come from? You pondered. Oh, sure, I explained. I come from somewhere. Somewhere else. There are others like me. I know you'll want to know what it's like there, but you honestly won't understand. Oh, he said, a little let down. But wait, if I get reincarnated to other places in time, could I have interacted with myself at some point? Sure. Happens all the time. And with both lives only aware of their own time span, you don't even know it's happening. So what's the point of it all? Seriously? I asked. Seriously? You're asking me for the meaning of life. Isn't that a little stereotypical? 
Well, it's a reasonable question. I looked you in the eyes. The meaning of life. The reason I made this whole universe is for you to mature. You mean mankind? You want us to mature? No, just you. I made this whole universe for you. With every new life, you grow and mature and become a larger and greater intellect. Just me? What about everyone else? There is no one else, I said. In this universe, there's just you and me. You stared blankly at me. But all the people on Earth? All you. Different incarnations of you. Wait, I'm everyone? Now you're getting it, I said with a congratulatory, with a congratulatory slap on the back. I'm every human who ever lived? Or ever will live, yes. I'm Abraham Lincoln. And you're John Wilkes Booth, too, I added. I'm Hitler, he said, appalled. And you're the millions he killed. I'm Jesus. And you're everyone who followed him. You fell silent. Every time you victimized someone, I said, you were victimizing yourself. Every act of kindness you've ever done, you've done to yourself. Every happy and sad moment ever experienced by any human was or will be experienced by you. Why? you asked me. Why do all this? Because someday you will become like me. Because that's what you are. You are one of a kind. You're my child. Whoa, he said, incredulous. You mean I'm a god? No, not yet. You're a fetus. You're still growing. Once you've lived every human life throughout all of time, you will have grown enough to be born. So the whole universe, he said, it's just an egg of sorts, I answered. Now it's time for you to move on to your next life. And with that, I sent you on your way. There we go, folks. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for joining me. Y'all, that is it for me this evening. Um, no beans tonight because, uh, you know, limited time. But I do hope you have all enjoyed. Uh, Dahlia, thank you so much for sending in that sound bite. Um, I did really enjoy that one. I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Um, <laughs> I hope you all did as well. Uh, and y'all, I will see you later on. Now, normally I would raid over somewhere else right now, but hey, uh, I can't. So uh, instead, I will say thank you so much for joining me. And I hope you have a great week. I will see you next week. Uh, my name is Sam. This is Sidecar Stories. But of course, if you're here in Discord, you probably already know that. I stream Tuesdays through Thursdays. If you want to find out more, check out the Schedule channel. 
check out the schedule, see what stuff you're interested in, and I'll see you all later. Bye-bye.